WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Thank you very much for joining me on the program this morning. And joining me on the phone right now, I'm going to talk a little bit about the North American Native Fishers Association and uh, an event coming up next month. Uh, joining me on the phone right now is... Uh, Raymond Catula and Raymond, good morning and welcome to WKTY Outdoors. And thank you very much for joining me on the program this morning. Thank you for being here. Oh, uh, sorry about that. There we go. Let's try that now. Can you hear? Good morning and welcome to the program. Yeah. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yes, and, and uh, I guess first, I guess first of all, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, about the organization and uh, what uh, you know what its purpose is and, uh, and, and what sorts of things, um, you know, what is the, uh, I guess, what is the purpose of the organization? What do you, what, uh, what do you, uh, what do you do? Okay. Well, first I'll read our mission statement, uh, native fish, North American native fishes association or NAMFA as we like to call it was started in 1972 by, uh, John Bondus. He's our founder. And he's also better known for his tool company. He's a mix bondus tools up in Monticello, Minnesota. And uh, our mission statement is uh, we are dedicated to the appreciation, study, and conservation of the continent's native fishes. NANFA is a non, non-for-profit tax-exempt corporation and charter in the state of Maryland. The purposes of the organization are to increase and decimate knowledge about North American fishes to promote practical programs for the conservation and the protection and restoration of their natural habitats, also to advance the educational, scientific, and conservation benefits of captive maintenance, and to provide a forum for fellowship and camaraderie amongst its members. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, 1972, and this is our 50th year celebration. Uh, We're having an event up in St. Mary's College on on uh, Saturday, on the 11th of uh, June, and uh, we are doing uh, uh, speakers that day, and then we have an evening banquet, and then an auction after that to raise money for our uh, Mm -hmm. other uh, organizations that uh, we have the Corcoran Education Grant, we raise money for that, and the John Bondis Conservation Grant. And then there's the NASA Conservation Research Grant. Okay. And mm-hmm. and uh, we also have field trips on uh, on uh, June 9th, June 10th, and uh, the Sunday afterwards also. But uh, Thursday, mostly check-in for the people. And then in the afternoon, we might do a, a collecting and and. A lot of guys collect photograph fish and all that. Some people do micro fishing as well. We can get into that a little bit later. That's pretty popular nowadays. Mm-hmm. And then we do a lot of fish photography and all that. And then that evening we're going to go up to Sullivan's for uh, watch the Hidden Rivers movie. Mm-hmm. Hidden Rivers of uh, Appalachian. Uh, it's really cool. Some of the stuff you can see. A lot of people aren't aware what some of the native fishes uh, can look like, not only as far as color-wise, but uh, they're, they have interesting uh, habits as well. Uh, and then Friday we do uh, uh, collecting trips or, or snorkeling trips and then micro-fishing or regular fishing trips uh, Friday. And there's also we're doing in conjunction with the Rough Fish uh, group 
they do a rough fish roundup every year, and they're going to do a, uh, an event at Kiwana Shelter on Prairie Island in Winona that day, and then that evening while the fish fry, we'll, they'll cook up some rough fish recipes and stuff like that. And a lot of the rough fish, as some people know or may not know, can be quite tasty. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to prepare it the right way, and sometimes they're just fish people don't think to eat, but uh, they can be quite quite good to eat. And then uh, on Saturday, as I mentioned before, will be the main event, the banquet that evening. And if you want to register for this, uh, you could go to nanfa.org and uh, look at their website, and there'll be convention information. But you will have to check in by June 1st so we can let the caterer know as far as how many meals prepare, et cetera. And there's a fee for that, but like I said, all this money goes to, to uh, nice events and, and uh, foundations. And then on June 12th, that Sunday, we'll also do field trips in Minnesota and Wisconsin to various streams. Uh, some cases, if they're like a quarter hits, they can collect fish and uh, keep them in certain areas. Wisconsin, you can't do that, but there are areas you can net them and uh, photograph them, look at them, and sometimes that's all people are interested in anyway, mm-hmm. just because of the rules and regulations. And then... Of course, you have VHS infestation, the zebra mussels, so we have to avoid those areas. But uh, yep. so, you have any questions for me after that? Oh, yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Well, yeah, it, it, I, I guess my my, my first uh, question is is and 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 again, uh, you you sent me a a, a copy of your uh, the, the magazine that that uh, the organization puts out. Uh, uh, American Currents, and I, mm-hmm. I found it fascinating that, um, and I guess I never realized uh, the different the the number uh, of different species of uh, of fish, and and you sent me some photographs as well of of some of the different species of, of fish as well. Uh, you know, I, I think most of us tend to think of um, you know fish in the river and, and and the bodies of water, at least in in this region here anyway of of you know the uh, uh, bluegills and 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 bass and things along those lines but the 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 breadth and depth of of different species uh, in our waterways it, it goes much further beyond that that it, uh, i found was was just fascinating i mean it's it's very yeah, interesting yeah it's really incredible and they're still discovering even though you live in the united states you think everything be figured out but they're still discovering new species here and there i mean uh by dna work some species look similar but they're finding out there's a lot more different species uh, out there a couple of instances are like uh smallmouth bass type of population in the southeastern united states now they're realizing there's many more species than they thought however through some introductions over the years uh, a lot of them are being hybridized and, and so forth so in some cases, they might lose some of the species, but uh, there's there's quite a few uh, different uh, bass species in, in, say, Alabama and Florida that people weren't aware of in the past, and they're describing more species as we go on. And another type of species, the orange throat darters, which are a colorful group of fish that live throughout the, the southern half of the United States. Uh, scientists didn't realize at one time they were designated one species, but they found out they all live in headwater streams as they started looking at them. They said, these are a little different from each other. And over the years now, they've described quite a few more species from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, there's like over, you know, a thousand species of fish. In, and to me, they're very interesting. There's also the case of the devil's hole pupfish, which lives in a habitat about the size, not much bigger than your bathtub in, in Nevada, and that's its only habitat. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's just I I think it's 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 very interesting, and, and I mean, it just you know, I I think it's 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 something that that people who are interested in the outdoors and and uh, spend time in the outdoors, I think, should take it take note of. I mean, I think it's it's just part of of being a good steward of the the land and the resources that you know they should be interested in these these sorts this sort of information just to to you know be you know like i said good stewards of the the land and and um again like i said i think it's 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 fascinating and uh, um very interesting to uh, to learn more about the about the different species of fish and and tell me a little bit more too about some of the different um uh, species that are found, at least in our area, um, that that maybe people don't necessarily know that much about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting fish. There's a, the darters. There's a few species up here, a banded darter, which is bright green coloration. They're pretty cool, but they're small, and they and if you look from above, they actually have a cryptic pattern, so you don't always notice them unless you would happen to either microfish them out of the water or net them, and then. Realize, wow, these got some color. Another popular one is the rainbow darter. Uh, that exists in many of our streams around here, and they're quite colorful. And then we have the gilt darter, which is like a golden color, and that's over our anniversary T-shirts we're having out this year. They're for celebrating a golden anniversary. And they're, they're a threatened uh, species in Wisconsin. I'm not sure their status in Minnesota, but they, they sort of have a limited habitat, but they're definitely indicators of a healthy ecosystem on many of these yeah fish species and another interesting fish species i think is the pirate perch it's a little black thing it's mostly nocturnal but the anus uh, peculiarly is uh, located underneath its throat and that's sort of threw out scientists for many years why would it have that that there then they uh, didn't know its breeding habits at all but they found out that it actually the male will retain its eggs within its gill chambers and as the female lays eggs from her side he retains eggs in his gills you know and fertilizes them there that's why it's so far forward and uh that's always an interesting fish and you have rough fish like the bullfin uh which around here most people know as a dogfish now they're considered a trash fish but they have a extremely intelligent fish they uh, protect their young probably longer than any other species of fish does and they, uh, there are stories that they, had, they have, uh, went over and attacked uh, at least one professor. I've seen them. They'll, they'll come around to you when they're protecting their young and give you a face you and give you, a, like, a nasty look. <laughs> but uh, I've also watched them and observed them. They'll sit below a culvert. I've seen them sit there and watch for fish pass through the culvert and, and dash out and get them and sit underneath there. Very intelligent predator. Interesting. And... Uh, <clears throat> And then we have some other uh, species around here, like the orange spot sunfish. It's a smaller fish. People rarely catch it, but it's very colorful, and that's popular amongst some aquarists as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you always have the paddlefish and uh, sturgeon, which, of course, require the, the dams. You know, sometimes they're barrier to their migration and spawning and have limited their populations. But good to say the lake sturgeon has uh, rebounded quite well in recent years. They're not even uh, that concerned about them anymore because I used to keep records of people informing me and tell my friends in the DNR biologists about with the new records. Now they don't even need them anymore. They're so, so uh, common nowadays. So that's a good story. The paddlefish, I think, is still rebounding. But uh, mm-hmm. 
But uh, and in a lot of our group, uh, they're trying to, in some cases, remove dams. You know, for for the spawning migration, those patterns of some of these fish to help them out. Okay. And then one thing I should uh, elaborate a little bit more on I didn't probably earlier is uh, American Currents, our publication for NANSA, is published four times a year. So if you become a member, you get these four times a year. Mm-hmm. There's always a seasonal issue, and they have lots of nice colored photographs in them nowadays and uh, a lot of good information for you if you're interested in fish. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as far as the convention itself, that's being hosted by my friends uh, Conrad Schmidt, Jenny Kreckenberg, and myself. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and and just kind of as as a follow up to to one of the things you mentioned too, your your members and a lot of uh, some of the things that you you do as well is is there's research that's that's being done. So you you uh, the, the the magazine anyway, uh, you discuss some of the research that's being done. So there's a lot of mm-hmm. you know. Um, Things that that are discussed that that talks about the research and the conservation efforts uh, that are being done, mm-hmm. um, not just around here but also around other parts of the country as well, uh, about different uh, species of fish that are being uh, looked at and, and studied, and uh, uh, the different efforts at at conservation and uh, rehabilitation efforts, like you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, indeed. It <clears throat> provides a lot of articles and a lot of people now. Before there was a little work done to to, uh, to restore non-game fish populations, the smaller ones. But there's a group called Conservation Fisheries of South uh, Eastern United States, and they've been dedicated to uh, culture many species and reintroducing them in the wild. Uh, one big thing is the, the smoky madam was considered extinct at one time because they used some uh, poison they put in streams and they killed them all off in one stream. But they later found a few. And now they're breeding them and repopulating them in, in streams in that area. And they also do quite a bit of work in other areas as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just find it very interesting. The other interesting in some of these fish species is uh, a lot of stream fish will, uh, like the chubs and the stone rollers and and that, and, and several streams around the area of horny-head chubs and creek chubs, they'll make a big nest and a pile of rocks to, to lay their eggs in. However, other fish will come in there and breed in, in those as well. There's an Alabama stream where they recorded 26 different species of uh, fish spawning in the one in the one pebble nest. So, so that's very important to a stream. If you if you lose the chubs or whatever, they don't provide the productive nest for the other species to thrive in. You know, so it's all intertwined. Yeah, that's, I, that's 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 fascinating. I, I mean, I, that just it just it's it's amazing some of that uh, just the uh, the the how that all how that all plays out. I mean, it just it's it's interesting. Before I I, I go any further here, uh, just uh, for for folks that uh, that might be interested again, you you mentioned the website uh, uh, nafa dot org uh, earlier too, mm-hmm. and and. Um, yeah. And I, I forgive me if, if 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 you touched on it, uh, but there is if people again if if uh, beyond the convention information here too, uh, but it, it, the membership for folks that would be interested in becoming members, all that is on the the website as well, correct? Yes, yes, it is, and then you can go on the Facebook uh, Facebook uh, website as well. You don't have to pay a fee for that, of course, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but then you don't get the publication that we put out either. It's like $30 a year for a membership in the, in the United States, and then it's a little bit more for Canada or foreign countries to join, but then you get the, the publications as well. And uh, so they can do that, and then there's some other... If some of our listeners are listening are, are interested in uh, some other different groups, there's the rough fish group, which uh, of course entertains uh, fishing for rough fish, and they document some of those online as far as what they're catching. They have their own website. There's also a lifeless fishing club, which members will will join and they'll uh, uh, post their pictures on there. In some cases, if it's smaller fish, sometimes they need identification. People chime in and say, you know, tell them what they believe it is or it is. And then there's the art of uh, micro-fishing, and that, I believe, is under 8 inches. Anything, a species that doesn't get under 8 inches can be listed in there. And then there's also a group called Perkaday Husbandry, which is mostly with the darters and perches, uh, mm-hmm. a group that studies those specifically. And that's some of the other... Uh, Groups have sort of uh, segued off Nantho over the years, and all interesting groups. And mm-hmm. so, I encourage you to join those at least on their Facebook websites as well. Okay, tell tell me a little bit more about uh, this micro fishing. Tell me tell me a little bit more about how that uh, uh, you you mentioned in some of the information you sent me how that's that's kind of taken off. Uh, uh, tell me a little bit more about how what that what that involves. Well. Uh, they sell microfishing gear now. Mm-hmm. There's one guy who started the, the art of microfishing website. He started his own line of uh, microfish hooks. There's also a place, I think it's called Tinkara in Japan, and uh, they've been doing that, making uh, small fish hooks for quite a while. The other place you can find small fish hooks are like in, in trout uh, shops, stuff, stuff like that, or websites that you buy trout gear because some of those are some of the smaller hooks you can get you know, mm-hmm. normally. And uh, I don't know, as in 2010, I went with a friend <clears throat> to go to Missouri to do some fish sampling down there, and a guy came along with us, and it's like he had micro-fishing gear. And I never heard of it, and even our conservation warren down there didn't really hear of it either. And all of a sudden now, you know, it's, you know, 12 years later, it's like a lot of people are doing it. They have their own websites now. It wasn't going on before, and it really took off. It's sort of like a... You catch more species and you list it and you get a little notch in your belt, you know. You get uh, people that really enjoy that. It's also, I'm sure, a challenge. I myself haven't done it, but uh, but I see a lot of groups doing it or a lot of people doing it, and they're really, really interested in it and it seems to have taken off. And some of the more difficult tasks with some of that from what I hear is just baiting your hooks are so small. You know, you're talking a, millim- a couple millimeters a uh, hook and but I guess some of the ther- our techniques they use is they use dried shrimp and try to take a really small piece off that. It works pretty well. Some people use some things called blood worms to have a really small piece of net. Some have to, like, tear away at a, at a worm or something like that, get the small bit they can off of it mm-hmm. and use that. And then you got different fish. You know, you have surface fish that you can catch. You have bomb fish that you can catch. You got midwater fish. So all it requires uh Skill and techniques to catch them just as you would with normal fishing too, but uh, but the surface fish like the killer fish and silver side have really small mouths, so it's it's a it's a bit of a challenge. Interesting, fascinating, interest. Always interested in different uh, aspects of uh, 
of, of, of fishing and, and different techniques and styles. So, well, Remy, anything else that uh, I'm overlooking that uh, that you want to add about uh, either the uh, the organization or uh, um, the convention coming up um, that, uh, that that you want to touch on here before uh, before we wrap things up for the day? Yeah, uh, just to let you know again, it's on, uh, the event will be on June, all well, the main event is on, on June 11th, that's a Saturday, mm-hmm. and I'll be at St. Mary's Auditorium, and the speakers will start early in the morning, probably about, uh, 9.30, and then we'll have a break for lunch, and then we'll, uh, have more speakers, and then right around 5 o'clock, we hope to wrap up the speakers, and then we'll, uh, go to the banquet hall there at St. Mary's College in Winona there and uh, eat, and there'll be a keynote speaker there. And uh, then we'll have an auction where we raise funds for our group. And uh, and the keynote speaker, let's see, he's talking about the Mississippi National River and Recreation Area. Okay. And from Rapids to Reservoirs and back again, restoring the Mississippi River Gorge you'll be talking about. And then we have one speaker also uh, talking about something I wanted to mention earlier, but uh, they do uh, muscle uh, inoculation on many fish species nowadays. The very young muscles are actually uh, free-floating, and and a lot of sunfish and other species will pick at them, and they'll blow their eggs and all that up into their gills, and they carry the young in their gills for for a while until they drop off and become clams or mussels. So I find that fascinating too. And one of our speaker, Mike Davis, will be talking about that. Huh. I never knew that. Huh. Yeah, in fact, some of the clams will actually imitate one. It looks like a like a miniature darter species. It'll it'll move, flash, and move, and try to attract the bass or, or fish to try to eat it. And the second comes in there and blows the eggs into its into its mouth. And huh. So I find it fascinating. Wow. Huh. That that is that is really interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. But, uh, okay. yeah, and then Corey Geving and Drew Geving will be talking about the rough fish, uh, mm-hmm. and as they call it, associating the other sports fishes. I mean, I've had fun catching, like, uh, dogfish or bullfin in the past, mm-hmm. and, and I've heard stories where they're good to eat. I, that I do not know for sure, but I know one species, rough fish caught in this area are burbot or eel pout. And they call them a poor man's lobster, and I'll tell you what, those are things that are delicious. They're very good. They're actually a member of the cod family. Hmm. But because they look eel-like, some people will not touch them or eat them, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. But, I, you uh, know, I've, 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 never, I've never heard that. I, I've, 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 had, I've had carp before a couple of different ways, and, and I, I found that very, very good. Um, but I've mm-hmm. never, and I've never heard about uh, eel pout. But uh, um, that that doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, yeah. And then you have freshwater drum or sheephead, as mm-hmm. many people locally call them. But uh, if they're prepared right, they can be quite tasty. I've had them uh, quite often, and uh, a lot of it you got to sort of bleed out the fish and put on ice right away. And if you do that. Mm-hmm. They uh, lose that that muddy muddy taste to them, and they can be very tasty. So mm-hmm. that's another one that's common around here locally, and uh, can be very good. Gar, I've also heard is very tasty. That one I haven't tried yet either, but it's no bones in it, and it's and it's firm white flesh. Mm-hmm. So it's very good to eat, I guess, from what I hear. 
and uh, I would like to try it. Maybe I'll see that the Roughfish Roundup and try some. Oh. And uh, what's the other thing that can be? <clears throat> well, I heard both in our dogfish if prepped right can be very good too. I haven't tried those as well, but well. but some of the other speakers will have also. I'll talk about that again. Is uh, you know, John Lyons, he wrote the, the Fishes of Wisconsin book. He'll be there speaking. And we'll also have Jay Hatch, who's currently writing the Fishes of Minnesota book. And I believe my friend Conrad Schmidt is helping that, assisting him with that as well. And he'll be there as well. So it's a good night. Time to, you know, meet some pretty cool speakers there. Yeah, very, very. And, yeah, it's uh, – and, again uh, – um... Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it, it sounds like a it, it'll be an incredible weekend, and uh, uh, I, I, it sounds like it'll be a great turnout. So uh, I certainly mm-hmm. want to wish uh, wish you uh, and uh, everybody there the uh, the best of uh, best of luck for uh, what should be a, a very enjoyable, informative, and uh, exciting weekend. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, it should be fun. A lot of events going on, so. Well, again, uh, Ray, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to chat with me this morning. I've got to wrap things up here, but uh, again, thank you so much for taking time uh, out of your weekend here to uh, to talk to me about uh, uh, the North American Native Fishers Association. Uh, again, uh, if uh, folks want more information, they can go to uh, uh, nanfa.org to uh, to find out more about uh, uh, the group. And uh, again, thank you so much for joining me on the program this morning. Thank you, Kevin, and thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Have a great weekend. We'll see you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you, and uh, take care. We'll uh, take a quick break. Be back in just a moment with more of WKTY Outdoors on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM.